Slick Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, May the 6th, 2022. Congratulations. The weekend is upon you. You have arrived. You have made it. And today is already starting off really interesting. I had a a number of things that didn't go well this morning. Uh, I slept in really late. I mean, I didn't get out of bed until like 3.20 in the morning. Like, what kind of lazy do you have to be? I might as well join the Air Force if I'm going to do that. I'm teasing. I'm just kidding. Uh, but then the coffee pot broke when I got in. So I was desperate enough to create the, the cowboy coffee thing where you just pour the grinds into the cup and then throw hot water on top of it and hope for the best. So it's going to be an interesting show to say the least. But speaking of interesting, here's a good question. Will Catholic churches, holy masses be invaded, be attacked by pro-aborts this weekend. There's a far-left group uh, calling for that. The Ruth Sent Us group is asking for pro-aborts to invade Catholic masses this weekend. To have a conversation around that, we've invited Kennedy Hall on to be on with us at 15 past the hour to give us the news. Also, in the uh, guest segment at 35 past this hour, an eyewitness account to the martyrdom of St. Maximilian Kolbe from someone who stood three rows behind him on the very morning that St. Max offered his life in exchange for another in Auschwitz. Yeah, that's going to be on at 35 past the hour. Well, sort of. You'll find out. Just tune in at 35. But don't forget to get in on that Eggard watch giveaway. There are 281 entries so far. Praise be to God. We're going to pull a winner out of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence on Monday. So make sure you are tuned in for that. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Wow, I'm sorry about the coffee machine. Yeah. Dang. It was pretty, like... I had to laugh, because otherwise I was too busy crying (laughs) about the coffee situation. It was like Lent all over again. Adrian came in, you're like, just tears shattered on the floor. I was was in the fetal position in the kitchen, in the corner, hugging myself, uh, trying to comfort myself, and Adrian's like, get up, man! Good grief, what's wrong with you? Good morning to you, Adrian. I'm going to be honest. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I am suffering the most because of this lack of coffee. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, makes sense. Because I have to deal with Joe with no coffee now. That's that's called divine justice. <laughs> that, my is, friend. that is that uh, mm-hmm. is called the mm-hmm. great gravest penance on this first mm-hmm. Friday yeah. and first Saturday. Yeah. That is uh, today and tomorrow. Wow. So, and have fun. In honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Amen. I will be offering up the fact <laughs> that Joe has no coffee today. No, I've got coffee. It's just really horrible coffee. So, it's not that bad. Speaking of bad, I uh, guess they doxed all the uh, conservative Supreme Court justices. They're yeah. trying to kill them. Yeah. Could you imagine doxing a Supreme Court justice because you want people to go to their house and harass them and or far worse? I saw TikTok videos of people, uh, these people saying, I'm just going to go and pay them a visit. And then hey, they're holding knives yeah. um, and things like that. So, they, they're very explicitly calling for violence against exactly. the Supreme Court justices. Violence. And that's the other thing. They're calling for uh, imminent lawless action, which is illegal under freedom of speech laws, and yet nothing is happening. This is a violation of freedom of speech, and it is also 
calling for a insurrection of, quote, our democracy, and nobody cares. And nobody cares. Hey, also, speaking of uh, crazy things, Discovery Plus Channel has got a show out that has uh, claimed that Michelangelo, Abraham Lincoln, were all queer. Oh. And guess what? St. <laughs> Joan of Arc is being, uh, uh, being portrayed as non-binary. Wow. You know, they uh, wrote a book back in the day, the, uh, the homosexual agenda. They wrote a book saying to uh, try to adopt these people in the past as homosexuals because they can't prove otherwise. Right. They can't sue for defamation, yeah. and mm -hmm. there's no way to prove that a negative. Yeah, we'll have to do a – maybe we should do a whole segment on St. Joan of Arc sometime because it would be truly fascinating and awesome to do. So there's so many concerning stories in the news today. We're going to get through as much as we can. Of course, we have breaking news and stories coming up. We also have uh, of our, our segment with Kennedy Hall on the potential invasion of Holy Masses this weekend by pro-aborts. And then, as I said, an inspiring witness – well, a guest is going to come up at 35 past the hour to share a first-hand account of what it was like to be standing three rows behind St. Maximilian Kolbe in Auschwitz when he volunteered his life. All of that in this hour. Don't forget to join us online, if you can, for the next hour at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you can also get in on that $300 watch giveaway from Agard Watches. Again, grnonline.com forward slash cdt let's begin with prayer in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee O virgin of virgins my mother to thee do i come before thee i stand sinful and sorrowful O mother of the word incarnate despise not my petitions but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, May 6th, and these are your headlines. The Washington Examiner reports U.S. intelligence helping Ukraine kill Russian generals. The intelligence sharing has helped kill as many as 12 Russian generals in Ukraine and is part of a secret effort by the Biden administration to provide the Ukrainians with information on Russian troop movements and the location of mobile Russian military command posts. Ukraine also utilizes U.S. intelligence to move planes and air defense systems nearly on a daily basis to avoid Russian airstrikes, which is one of the reasons why Russia has not been able to achieve air superiority since the start of the war. Breitbart reports Taliban greenlights 150 factory Chinese industrial park in Kabul. The Taliban's Ministry of Urban Development signed a deal last week with China and Beijing Nangahar Construction and Manufacturing Company to build a $216 million industrial complex on the outskirts of Kabul. Communist China swiftly accepted the Taliban takeover and cultivated business ties with the extremist regime with an eye towards exploiting Afghanistan's untapped mineral resources. The AP reports U.S. mortgage rates rise 30-year at 5.27% highest since 2009. With inflation at a four-decade high, rising mortgage rates, elevated home prices, and a tight supply of homes for sale, homeownership has become less attainable, especially for first-time buyers. Some economists suggest that home sales this year could decline as much as 10 percent from 2021 levels. And the Daily Wire reports DOJ establishes Office of, Office of Environmental Justice. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta outlined how the Office of Environmental Justice would be part of implementing the Justice Department's environmental justice strategy. 
The strategy directs department components to prioritize cases that reduce environmental harms on overburdened and underserved communities, including communities of color, tribal populations, and low-income rural and urban communities, Skepta said. To that end, department components, with the support of the new Office of Environmental Justice, will be tasked with developing protocols to assess the environmental justice impacts of their investigations. We also know that securing environmental justice demands the meaningful involvement of affected communities in the decisions that impact them, she said. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Pope St. Pius V, whose feast day was actually yesterday. Pope St. Pius V, we, during his papacy, he is in the wake of the Protestant Revolution, political unrest, and invasion of the Turks. He was born January 17, 1504. Pius V was faced with the almost overwhelming responsibility of getting a shattered and scattered church back on its feet. The family of God had been shaken by corruption by the Reformation, so-called, by the constant threat of Turkish invasion, by the bloody bickering of the young nation-states. In 1545, a previous pope convened the Council of Trent in an attempt to deal with all these pressing problems. Off and on, over 18 years, the fathers of the church discussed, then condemned and affirmed, and decided upon a course of action. The council closed in 1563, and Pius V was elected in 1566, in charge of the task of implementing the sweeping reforms called for by the council. He ordered the founding of seminaries for the proper training of priests. He published a new missal, a new breviary, a new catechism, and established a confraternity of Christian doctrine classes for the young. Pius zealously enforced legislation against abuses in the church. He patiently served the sick and the poor by building hospitals, providing food for the hungry, and giving money customarily used for the papal banquets to poor Roman converts. His decision to keep wearing his Dominican habit led to the custom to this day of the Pope wearing a white cassock. In striving to reform both church and state, Pius encountered vehement opposition from England's Queen Elizabeth and the Roman Emperor Maximilian II. Problems in France and in the Netherlands also hindered Pius's hopes for a Europe united against the Turks. Only at the last minute was he able to organize a fleet which won a decisive victory in the Gulf of Lepanto off Greece on October 7, 1571. Pius's ceaseless papal conquest for a renewal of the church was grounded in his personal life as a Dominican friar. He spent long hours with his God in prayer, fasted rigorously, and deprived himself of many customary papal luxuries. And he faithfully observed the spirit of the Dominican rule that he had professed. He died on May 1st, 1572. Pope St. Pius V, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 52 through 59. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, 
so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. These things he said while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, quote, There are some who promise men deliverance from eternal punishment if they are washed in baptism and partake of Christ's body, whatever lives they choose to live. Does that sound familiar? People living in the church, sacramentals, sacraments and everything else, but yet they've never changed the way they live their life. Augustine goes on to say, The apostle, however, contradicts them when he says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, uh, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Close quote, St. Augustine. He makes the point. You could receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ and still end up in hell because you have not changed your life. You have not put on the new man. You were baptized. Therefore, you have an indelible mark with which you are going to be even more punished in the fiery pit of hell unless you change your life. Augustine makes that clear. He goes on to say, He who is in the unity of his body, i.e. one of the Christian members, the sacrament of which bodily, body the faithful receive when they communicate at the altar. Now remember, this is 4th century stuff here. He says, He is truly said to eat the body and drink the blood of Christ. And heretics and schismatics who are cut off from the unity of the body may receive the same sacrament, but it does not profit them. Nay, rather, is hurtful as tending to make their judgment heavier or their forgiveness later. Nor ought they to feel secure in their abandoned and damnable ways who, by the, in, the iniquity of their lives, desert righteousness, i.e. Christ, either by fornication or by other sins of the like kind. Such are not to be said to eat the body of Christ. For as much as they are to be counted among the members of Christ, for not to mention other things, men cannot be members of Christ and at the same time members of a harlot. Close quote. St. Augustine. Pray for us. So this weekend, if some pro-abortion Catholic tries to protest at your mass, remember the words of St. Augustine and pray for their salvation. We'll be right back. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. 
But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. So, an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, something truly special. A first-hand eyewitness account of the very day that St. Maximilian Kolbe offered his life in exchange for a, a Polish Jew who was weeping, begging for his life because of his wife and kids. They were to be starved to death in a bunker in Auschwitz. And St. Max Kolbe did something truly heroic. And on that day, standing three rows behind him was a man. And we're going to get that testimony at 35 past the hour. It's going to be amazing. You're going to want to tune in. So please do us a favor and stick around. Or even better, share us with a friend. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me. And I'm sure they are to you. But before I do that, just, just a reminder. On Monday, we're giving away that $300 gift certificate to Agard Watches. So you're going to want to make sure that you're in the drawing. There's already 280-some-odd entries you can enter, and even more than once, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Agard watches, and our good friend Mike K., the brick wall, one of our CDT insiders and strong supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network, praise be to God, has given us this certificate to give away to one of you, and you could win. So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT for the details. All right, there's a story that came out yesterday afternoon. Here's an article out of CatholicArena.com. The headline goes, Biden supporters to invade masses this Sunday all over the United States. Uh, Catholic Vote also reported on this. So you can find it at CatholicVote.org or you can look at CatholicArena.com. Let me read this article. It's not very long. Here's what it says. It says, a group called Ruth Sent Us, named after Jewish Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, have stated their intention to stage an invasion of Catholic churches this coming Sunday. The hate group's plan is eerily reminiscent of how Catholics have been targeted by the Ku Klux Klan and others in American history. On their Twitter page, the anti-Catholic pro-abortion extremist group writes, quote, whether you are a Catholic for choice, an ex-Catholic, or other, or no faith, recognize that six extremist Catholics set out to overturn Roe. Stand at or in a local Catholic church Sunday, May 8th. Mother's Day, by the way. After the murder of Father Jacques and others, the main worry of Catholics must be possibly beheadings of the faithful and priests by the extreme by these extremists in 1904 irish american priest james cole was murdered by the kkk in birmingham alabama it is not yet clear if the pro-aborts are conscience supporters of the killing it is imperative that the likes of the 
Knights of Columbus emulate their peers in Poland who defended their church from pro-abort mob, pro mobs during similar terrorist attacks two years ago. On one occasion, a dozen Catholic men fought off thousands of pro-abort terrorists. Quote, whether you're a Catholic for choice, ex-Catholic, or of other or no faith, recognizes six extremist Catholics set out to overturn Roe, stand at or in a local Catholic church Sunday, May 8th, and they have hashtags. So that, I was, that last time I just read was from one of their posts on social media where they are asking people to invade Catholic churches. Uh, well, all I, can, all I can say is uh, you don't want to come to my church. Okay. If you did, I guarantee you're going to find there's going to be a lot of uh, young, very strong, very capable men that would be eager to greet you at the door and send you packing because that's how it goes sometimes. And I'm sure that's true for most parishes uh, that don't want these types of interruptions. And I know I've shared that story. I've shared this story even recently, how there was a Protestant group coming into our church with bullhorns and they were greeted by men taking them by the cuff, tossing them on the street. That will happen here, too. Maybe not every Catholic church, um, but it will happen in a lot of Catholic churches. So you don't want to do that, because you can't interrupt the Holy Mass simply because you don't like the politics, simply because you don't like the implications of what the faith does. Because at the end of the day, I don't care whether or not the Republicans or the Democrats have a position on the pro-life issue as much as I care about truth itself, and truth is a person. That person is Jesus Christ, and he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And therefore, that has implications, as St. Augustine made clear in his commentary today on John 6. You could be baptized, you could receive the sacraments, and yet live a horrible life with terrible decisions. And that will have implications for all eternity. And therefore, we must stand for the dignity of the human person made in the image and likeness of God, irregardless of how that issue lands politically with some party. Again, I don't, it doesn't, neither here nor there to me, whether or not the, the Republicans are pro, more pro-life than the Democrats. It's a, it's a fundamental truth. It's natural law. And at the end of the day, that's what matters most. And so these people, I don't know how big they are, and I was listening to Kennedy Hall comment about this yesterday on his YouTube channel, which we invited him on, but for whatever reason, we're not able to get him. Um, we don't know how big this group is. It, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. I'm sure they'll do this somewhere. I mean, maybe not on a big scale. Maybe it'll be one or two or, or who knows what. But I think it can't be missed that they're willing to do this. If they're willing to dox Supreme Court justices and encourage people to go to their homes and act violently or, or you know, just in chaos, anarchy, then certainly they're willing to interrupt the Holy Mass. And the question becomes, what are you willing to do? What are you prepared to do to defend your church? You may, hey, Rudy, do you remember that uh, scene outside, I was in Spain, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was Madrid, where all those men had to surround the cathedral, yeah. and the crazy crowd of very leftist women were topless and spitting on them and throwing other biological matter upon the men, and the men just locked arms and protected their cathedral. Yeah, and I, I do remember, I believe it was in Latin America, that there was a church that was under attack by similar leftists, and they had to uh, put all the pews against the doors to make sure that they didn't come in and do damage to the church. 
it is such an important story to mention today uh, because there have been a lot of uh, attacks on churches. This isn't this isn't something that's just happening now. This has been happening for the last couple of years. Leftists are attacking the church. They are taking out their frustrations, political frustrations, on the church. And why is that? It ultimately, it ultimately is because the things that they are defending are diabolic. Yeah. And they are diabolically influenced. So they're frenzied. The, the fact that this, uh, this document was leaked and the response that we're seeing to it points to this reality. You can see it. They're frenzied. The violence that's coming out. The rhetoric. There's now a fence surrounding the Supreme Court. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, in, that, in that situation, I, I think Will they good. bring in the National Guard like they did Who for knows? the U.S. Capitol? Who knows? And place them there for months on end? Yeah, I mean, with the Capitol thing, I thought it was ridiculous, but with the Supreme too. Court, you know, that's something else. And, and and keep in mind, too, you know, the things that they are threatening, these people, you can't vote them out. You can't vote a exactly. Supreme Court justice out. So what's exactly. their solution? They want to kill them. Well, right. life sentence means life uh, life appointment, right? Life yeah. sentence. <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> life sentence. Yikes. I don't want the job now. Uh, Chuck Schumer was uh, rallying up the troops by saying they have uh, they have tempted us. They have... Uh, they have caused the whirlwind of chaos, and they're going to get what they deserve. Yeah, he says something like that, and he doesn't receive any sort of repercussion for this this, yeah. this violent exactly. rhetoric. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's uh, very strange the way that the world turns a blind eye to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, President Biden, a Catholic, he was quoting Thomas Aquinas on uh, quickening oh, yeah. to justify his pro-abortion uh, position. Diabolic. Yeah, very silly, silly position because you know the quickening for those who don't aren't aware. St. Thomas uh, did say that uh, to talk about the quickening being whenever the installment happens, and they called it the quickening, kind of like if you've ever been to like an old English liturgy, like uh, the personal ordinary of the chair of St. Peter, they'll say the quick and the dead in the creed instead of the living and the dead, because the quick referred to like being able to have movement. And so whenever you felt the baby kick in the womb, they're like, oh, well, it's alive now. And before that, they were like, oh, it's not alive. And so that's these kind of the idea there. There was a lack of science there. But the church has never, ever endorsed abortion and never, St. Thomas never endorsed killing of a human person. It's just uh, that they, he didn't believe that that was a human person yet because we didn't have the science. Now, with modern science, it is abundantly clear that life begins at the moment of conception. And so presumably, St. Thomas would have that position. And there is no Thomist or Dominican alive today who would argue that St. Thomas would defend abortion, and there are none that would argue that abortion is defensible in the, under the Catholic position. Well, you know, so let's go back to church safety uh, for a minute here. Mm-hmm. This is why men have to participate in the safety of your parish and, you know, Holy Mass. Once the Mass gets to a certain point, uh, the priest can't stop saying the Mass, no matter what's happening around him. And he, we, as the lay folk, ought to provide him the opportunity to not have to worry about that, right? Not to have to stress about that part. So there will be ushers, I'm sure, but if you have a Knights of Columbus Council or just just guys in the pew, why not cover every door this Holy Mass this Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Just make sure there's somebody at every door to ensure that uh, there's nothing going to, you know, coming in. And if if something, if someone stands up and begins shouting in the middle of Mass, what is your plan? Maybe have that worked out ahead of time. Talk about it amongst the ushers and the guys to say, hey, guys, what are we going to do? If someone stands up and starts uh, uh, shouting, what will be our plan? 
How are we going to escort them out of the building as quickly, as efficiently, and as safely as possible? You know, do you have uh, a security guard? Do you have police officers on? Maybe this is the weekend to have some police officers hanging around your parish. You know, you can always call your local police department, and you can actually uh, you can pay to have them on on hand. Uh, they get uh, a little stipend, praise be to God, for their service, and it might be a very good thing to do. So I would encourage men to coordinate with their parishes, with the usher staff in particular, to have a plan. Make sure every door is covered. Make sure everybody understands what will happen, who's going to do what. If someone stands up, who's going to be the one to go and react? Who's going to be the one to approach? Will it be multiple people? I mean, just have that worked out. You don't want to figure that out in the midst of chaos. You want to already know what you're going to do so that when it does happen, you simply do what you plan to do. It's not that bad. It's not going to be that crazy, and you and everything will work out just fine. But uh, keep your head, keep keep your cool, um, and uh, protect your parish, protect your family, protect your priest, and make sure that we we are not going to allow. We have to make a decision to not allow these things. And we're not going to do that. So, very concerning story that the 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 left wants violence in our country. They want abortion on demand, and they're willing to bring violence to ensure that they can continue the violence against the unborn. Let's pray for their conversion. Let's pray for peace in our country. But most of all, let's pray for the courage to do what's right in spite of all that's happening around us. That was, in fact, part of Justice Alito's drafted comments. He said, no matter what happens, we can't allow it to affect our decision. You base these decisions on truth and, in his case, on the law. And uh, let the chips fall where they may. There you go. All right. Well, I don't know what happened to Kennedy Hall, but maybe we'll get him back. Praise be to God. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we have breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos. But then we have a truly inspiring story, a firsthand account of the martyrdom of St. Maximilian Kolbe. What was it like? We're going to talk to a very special guest coming up right after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Share us with a friend. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. The Hill reports Supreme Court installs security fencing after protests. 
Law enforcement officials have installed seven-foot-high black security fencing around the Supreme Court after large crowds gathered outside the court on Tuesday and Wednesday to protest and counter-protest over a leaked draft of the opinion of overturning Roe v. Wade. Reuters reports U.S. unveils plan to buy back 60 million barrels for emergency oil stockpile. The United States will take bids this fall to buy back 60 million barrels of crude oil for the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is the first step in replenishing the stockpile after a record-sized record release this spring, the Department of Energy has announced. LifeSite News, or rather Life News reports, Louisiana committee passes bill making abortion homicide, declaring unborn babies people under law. The Abolition of Abortion in Louisiana Act, House Bill 813, sponsored by State Representative Danny McCormick, recognizes the human person of a, an unborn child at all stages of life and ensures all rights and laws that apply to other human beings include unborn babies. This means aborting an unborn baby would be an act of homicide under the law. The bill also tries to circumvent potential lawsuits by stating that a judge should be impeached or removed if they block the state from enforcing any part of the law. If it passes, the legislation would go into effect immediately. It's not clear, however, if the bill will pass. None of the leading pro-life organizations in Louisiana appear to support the bill. And Catholic Vote reports abortion activists to storm Catholic churches during Mass on Mother's Day. Just in case you missed it, you're, turning, you're tuning in just now, a radical... A radical abortion group calling itself Ruth Sent Us announced this week that it's mobilizing activists to enter Catholic churches during Mass this coming Sunday in response to reports that the Supreme Court is set to overturn Roe. Whether you're a Catholic for choice, ex-Catholic, or of no faith, recognize that six extremist Catholics, Catholics had set, have set out to overturn Wade, Roe versus Wade. The group stated on Twitter, stand at, in or at a local church on Sunday, May 8th. The same radical group earlier this week published locations of pro-life Supreme Court justices' private homes calling on activists to show up at their houses. We must stand up and enforce accountability using a diversity of tactics, the group stated. And those were your headlines this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. In the summer of 1941, St. Maximilian Kolbe gave his life, volunteered it to save another and, uh, and there was a man standing three rows behind him on the very day that that happened. And that man is the father of our guest today, Andy Wojtkowski, and he joins us now by Zoom. Good morning to you, Andy. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you could hear me. Praise be to God. I can hear you. It's good to see you again. It's been a while since we've talked, and I'm glad to have you back on the show and have this opportunity now with a bigger audience to, to share your father's testimony, firsthand eyewitness account of the martyrdom of St. Maximilian Kolbe. So uh, we, we better jump right into it because we're, we're going to run out of time fast. Tell us about your father and that faithful day. Well, uh, father was uh, 20 years old. Uh, he was caught uh, back in uh, 1940 uh, trying to escape through southern Poland to reach the uh, Allied forces in the West because he wanted to fight the Nazis. Uh, but he was nabbed on the border, the Romanian-Czechoslovak border. He was uh, arrested by the Gestapo, sent to the city of Tarnów in Poland, and made to be a part of the very first transport of prisoners uh, to Auschwitz. It consisted of a group of 728 prisoners. Dad was prisoner number 339, although they hadn't uh, they hadn't started tattooing. Uh, that was in uh, on June 14, 1940. A year later. Uh, is when the event occurred, 
uh, and it was one of these uh, infamous roll calls uh, where a prisoner had escaped. Uh, there are several eyewitnesses also. My dad was among them, but there was a gentleman named Francis Mlechko who was out on a, uh, uh, on a, on a duty. They were a hard labor gathering gravel when the, uh, when the uh, camp sirens started wailing. And, of course, they thought that, uh, you know, they right away knew what that meant. Uh, and uh, this group of people was actually from Block 14 at that particular time. This was like July 28, 1941. And so, um, sure enough, uh, one of the escapees was from that block, uh, and so they, uh, there was a roll call. Uh, it actually happened the very, day, the very next day, uh, July. This, this is about July 28. The actual date of the uh, of the roll call is a, a bit sketchy. I think July 28, 29th. And so, um, so Dad, uh, so all these prisoners were forced uh, in a queue to uh, to line up because there were like 600 prisoners. They were asked to line up in rows of uh, of 10, 60 uh, prisoners in each of the rows. And Dad was actually back in row eight. Uh, and so what happened was uh, the, the, the subcommandant, Fritsch, uh, would play these mind games and he would walk down these rows and he would look into people's mouths and he would uh, look at them, observe them, see what state they were in. And just on a whim, he would decide, you step out, you step out, whatever. And then after he went down one quarter, he would belt out a command three paces forward. These, uh, the, the one row would advance to create a corridor, and Fitch would continue walking and continue selecting. And so, of course, you, know, you can imagine what so- something's going through the minds of these people. Uh, Everybody is uh, thinking, oh, my God, my God, uh, anybody but me. Uh, my father was no exception. Uh, Dad kind of strategically felt that if he placed himself back further in row eight, by the time Fritsch got back to row eight, uh, ten or so of these prisoners would have been selected. Oh. And, uh, and, but uh, that most of the prisoners were selected, but indeed what happened was uh, Fritsch came to row eight and, uh, there, the, and, and he pointed, and there was a moment, moment of paralysis. Because uh, my dad was convinced that Fritsch pointed at him, uh, and uh, he froze so much so he couldn't move that the man next to him thought that he was being selected. So he started stepping forward. Apparently, Fritsch at that moment said, "No, you dumbcop, not you, him." And so dad uh, thought that it was it was really him being selected, but he was still frozen. He couldn't move, and instead, for some miraculous reason, Fritsch said, "No, okay, forget it. You step out." And so it was his neighbor, the guy standing next to him, that actually stepped out. Uh, that ended the selection. But then suddenly, suddenly, after you know something absolutely miraculous happened, and somebody breaks rank, and it was like uh, uh, row three or four. And everybody was, again, taken aback by all of this. And it happened to be uh, uh, Maximilian Maria Kolbe. And he walks very calmly. And at that point, uh, uh, many of the capos, uh, these uh, German prisoners, civilian prisoners selected to maintain order in the camp, you know, suddenly raising their batons and they were holding hmm. on to the German shepherds. The dogs started lunging. But nothing really happened. And very calmly, Maximilian Kolbe advanced forward to face Fritsch. Now, Fritsch is a safe, pro- proclaimed lord of, you know, life and death. And, and this man thought that he had total control over what was happening at the camp. 
And he was so shocked by this move that he was taken aback. And he, you know, he, he faced this man. He said, who are you? Uh, and, and Maximilian very calmly said, I am a Catholic priest. He goes, what is it that you want? And he says, well, I'm old and I'm frail. I would like to go in the place of this man. And he pointed to Francis Gajovnicek, who was standing there wailing and bawling because he was crying about his family, his two children and, and his wife. And uh, and you would think that Fritsch, as notorious as he was, said, okay, take them both. But no, he said, you know, as, as dad would say, I remember the word today, untauschen, which means to exchange the two. And so sure enough, Gajovnicek went back into the rank and Kolbe was selected among the ten. So I've kind of, you know, uh, let, I me pause you, more the details. let me pause you there because... Um, that's a powerful testimony, to be honest with you. When the first time I heard it, my mind was blown. And hearing it again now, I've heard it now several times, but hearing it again, my mind is still blown. And one of the things that you said to me, one of the first times I had ever heard about it, was to focus on the character of Carl Fritsch. And I would encourage our listener, dear listener, do me a favor. When you get a chance, Google Carl Fritsch Auschwitz and look at an image of the man who was picking the winners and the losers, choosing life and death amongst these frail, fragile uh, uh, prisoners who were emaciated, starved to death, and overworked, and they went intended to kill them anyway. Carl Fritsch, look into his eyes and contemplate the evil that this man embraced as though it were like breathing air. I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing. And then to, 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 to do that, when you look into the eyes of this Carl Fritsch character, and his last name is spelt F-R-I-T-Z-S-C-H, you look into his eyes and you realize, and I want you to think about what it must have been like to be your dad, uh, Andy, who stands there and gets pointed at by this guy and fears the worst, like he just pointed at me and then doesn't right. move. And the guy next to him, decides, well, I guess he means me, and he takes the step. You would not have existed if your father had not had paralysis that day. Yeah, that was, yes, indeed. Uh, I wonder about that oftentimes. Uh, you know, things are happening beyond time and space that we just don't know about, and we can only, I mean, even Dad in his own mind can attribute that to his own little miracle, uh, certainly because the circumstances of that, 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 that one moment in time, right, that affected him personally. Uh, but, uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's an insane amazing. thought if you think about it. The, one of these yeah. evil Nazis almost killed your dad, and you would have not right. existed. So we're at a break. We're going to pause there. Andy Wojtkowski is our guest. His dad was uh, three rows behind St. Maximilian Kolbe on that fateful day in July, late July of 1941. But on the other side of this break, okay, so how does your dad get out of the prison? How do you get to be born? We're going to talk about that coming up right after this very quick break. Do us a favor and share Catholic Drive Time with a friend. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. 
Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Our guest is Andy Boykovsky, and his father was at Auschwitz with St. Maximilian Kobe in July and August of 1941, when on that very fateful day, uh, Kobe decided to give his life for a man by the name of Gabnicek, a Jew, a Polish Jew. By the way, uh, Gabnicek would go on to live, thankfully, praise be to Jesus, and he actually came to visit this very city in which I'm sitting now. One month before his death, he visited the Catholic parish of St. Maximilian Kobe, and I've always enjoyed going to their church hall and seeing the images of Gajobnicek there to uh, to commemorate this incredible man who saved his life and let, let him go on. Welcome back to the show, Andy Boykovsky. So your dad, let me ask you a question. Did, did your dad ever share with you? I know that your dad took you to Auschwitz when you were you, you were a kid, and, yes. and, and you've told me about that before. But did your dad ever share with you? Okay, what happens after that moment? As far as what did they hear? Did did they have any notion of what was going on in the starvation bunker for those two weeks? Uh, many of the prisoners did, yes, because they interfaced with Kolbe directly. Uh, Kolbe himself was an extraordinarily uh, 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 spiritual man, and everybody knew it. He heard a lot of confessions, etc. He he bore his his suffering with extraordinary suffering. I mean, the man almost had a, a supernatural, uh, 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 how can I say? Oh, he was limit. a saint. <laughs> uh, he, he, he bore his sufferings very heavily. He had a strong devotion to the Immaculata, and oftentimes he would refer to the Immaculata saying, my brother, take it easy. I don't need your food. The Immaculata is helping me. So there were a lot of prisoners in uh, Block 14 and, and around with with whom Colby uh, interfaced that knew him well. My father didn't really know him, even though dad was in block 14, he was on the second floor and Colby and others were on the first floor. Uh-huh. And of course, a lot of these things, you know, in a sea of humanity, a lot of people uh, didn't interface with him as, as well as others. Uh, however, dad's reaction was uh, still after they were selected and the entire group was dispersed, Dad was still standing there in utter amazement, right? And in fact, a lot of his buddies came up to him and says, "Ah, you know, ah, Ted, come off of it. You know, snap out of it. He's just another Musulman. Meaning uh, the word Musulman means someone who's very, very emaciated and someone who's so frail and he's he's nothing but skin and bone. Mm. And dad's reaction to that was, 
he was kind of in a daze, and he says, I, I just witnessed the making of a saint. Wow. And that was his reaction. And then, of course, after uh, there's the whole story of what happened uh, following the selection until the moment when Kolbe was injected with carbolic acid on the eve of the Assumption, the 14th. Mm. And so, uh, it, and then what happened was there's more history to the story, obviously, in, in 1942 and, and later years. Uh, the Nazis would move people out of the camps. My father was one of them. He was moved to another camp. And so word of Kolbe's uh, deed uh, spread like wildfire, of course. And, and, uh, and then subsequent to that, there were, uh, uh, there were miracles attributed to him. This is now much later history as, as his name was brought up for beatification and then canonization. So, so, um, so how did your dad get to... Did the war end? How does your dad get out of the camp and somehow well, was, get to be able to no, have you? <laughs> I mean, how does I, this happen? Well, you know, that's a funny thing. It's uh, it's interesting because dad dad understood the language. He spoke the language, and dad attributes his his survival to what he calls uh, 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 understanding the German psyche. Uh, he thought that if you can find somehow within you. Uh, a show of strength in the face of adversity. Somehow the Nazis thought that to be uh, uh, very uh, noble of character, uh, oddly, ironically. And so dad would win over the ability to work in the warehouse where he would filch food for himself and for others. And so he was able to survive that way. Uh, uh, he stayed in Auschwitz a whole nother year, almost to the uh, uh, almost two years to the date. So in June on June 6, 1942, he was transferred to another camp called Grossrosen, and there now in the later years of the war, 1943-44, the Germans knew they were losing the war, and mm. so to them, uh, they wanted to they weren't uh, punishing many of the uh, many of the prisoners in retribution. Uh, so much as they needed to use them for the war effort. Uh, and so if you were able to hang on and survive, so that's what happened. Dad spent another two years in Grossrosen, and then he was transferred uh, to the camp called Herzbruck, uh, already in German Bavaria. And he was there for about two weeks, and then in one of these uh, infamous death marches, uh, he, uh, he escaped. That's a whole other story. You know, I was just thinking this while you're discussing it, because... I know we hear about all the Jews who were killed during the Holocaust, but other than Maximilian Kolbe, we don't really think about the fact that there are so many Catholics that were killed as well, priests, religious. Uh, could you speak a little bit about the what was going on with the Catholics in these camps? Yeah, well, of course, you know, uh, mo most of the prisoners, the early prisoners were from Poland, and of course Poland is predominantly Catholic. Uh, the there were Jews among them, but the the first transport of specific Jews happened in March of 1942. Uh, so, um, uh, pardon me, I think that was uh, either 42 or 43. The year escapes me now. But yes, uh, it was mostly Polish prisoners. There was a, a large group of Soviet POWs. Uh, and a group of uh, people like gypsies that were rounded up and, and, and murdered. Uh, in fact, probably m most, if not all, of the gypsy population within Poland was, de was destroyed. Uh, I don't know about the gypsies, but uh, 
but certainly there was a large contingent of Poles, and the Poles were predominantly Catholic. But yes, you know, Nazis really didn't discriminate. I mean, they they would later on. Uh, of course, the the neighboring camp Birkenau was specifically designed for mass extermination of the Jewish population. Wow. Uh, we're talking with Andy Boykovsky about his father's experience at Auschwitz and other camps uh, uh, in the war. Praise be to God. So your dad gets out. He escapes. And uh, if I remember correctly, he was on the death march. He falls and sort of pretends to, like, be dead. And then they pass him by or, like, or he fell no, to no. help somebody? No, he was walking. And there was, a, there was another very frail man that decided to latch on to dad as they were walking. And it was like a 250-kilometer march south. And of course, everybody was uh, hungry and weak, et cetera. So there was a man named Mache Made that latched on to dad. And dad said, sure. Hang on with me, Machi. Stick it out. But I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm warning you, the Nazis are really loosey-goosey because it was at the very tail end of the war. We're talking like April, the end of April 1945, and the war ended in May. So uh, it was Machi Made that said he couldn't go on anymore. Dad was encouraging him. He says, Machi, come on, stick it out. Come on, just, just a little bit more. And he says, no, I can't. I can't. So he broke rank. And Dad remembers it was a beautiful spring. Uh, uh, the cherry blossoms were in full bloom. And Machi Made walks out of rank, and he leans up against these, one of these cherry blossoms. And sure enough, one of the Nazis takes aim and shoots. And so Machi Made kind of slumps over, leaning against the trunk of the tree. Mm. He slides down the tree and slumps over, and my dad took him for dead. But then... Uh, later on, after he escaped and uh, and finally the Allies uh, cleared the area, uh, Dad was talking to a local priest who then went out into the countryside, uh, scouring the countryside, and he came across a man uh, that uh, to whom he read his last rites, and it turned out to be Mache Made. Oh, wow. So what Dad thought that he had died, uh, uh, he had not died. He still survived long enough to hear uh, uh, the uh, the the anointing of the sick and and praise and, be to uh, God and his passing. So your dad goes to America, meets your mother, and they get married. Praise be to God, they have children, and uh, I'm sure you were their favorite. But uh, <laughs> now, tell because we're going to run out of time here in a minute. Uh, tell me about when he took takes you to Auschwitz. What was that like for you? Boy, you know when I went to Auschwitz, I was there as a little boy, and uh, you know as a kid, I. I so regret not taking dad when I was older. Uh, as a child, I didn't fully understand, but when I was there, it was pretty shocking to me as a kid because when you go there, you go to the museum, you you really have to kind of grow a thick skin when you when you what and what you see in some of the displays. But uh, so I, I wasn't old enough and wise enough to really ask dad certain specific questions like, dad, take me exactly to where this parade ground was. You know, we walked through the camp um, and dad may have said something, but I just don't recall. Uh, but in later years, it would have been nice to, to go with dad as an adult. Right. Mm. And 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 kind of recall the things that he mentioned and yeah. for him to point out where where things were where where does he thinks where does he recall he was standing where was all this taking place today i i, I have an idea where it took place because mm -hmm. i know where block 14 is i know where the parade grounds are uh we have some documents that we could look up and and kind of re recreate the history wouldn't you say because now we're down to just about a minute here uh wouldn't you say that college you is the world seems to be spiraling out of control again and uh 
don't you just want people to learn the lessons from the past and rather than re repeat them? Because it seems like we're about to repeat them. A absolutely. Absolutely. There is a total, there is, appears to be a total breakdown of moral sanity. One of the, uh, one of the gospel parallels that I, uh, that I brought, bring up uh, in this story is the gospel of John, where Christ is facing uh, Pilate. And we have uh, almost the same situation where we have Colbe in persona Christi facing Fritsch in persona Pilatus, right? Where in one extreme you have the personification of love and the other you have the personification of evil. And now you have, you know, and then you got to ask yourself the question. We have to ask ourselves the question, uh, who or where are we? And you've got that full spectrum of people between good and evil in between yeah. the two extremes. Where are we as individuals and where are we as society? Yeah. What is truth? Let's ask ourselves that question. It's person. It's Jesus Christ. Andy Boykovsky, thank you for being on and sharing that story with us today. Thank you very much. God bless you. God rest your father. And uh, we'll, we'll be praying for you and your, your health today. But uh, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to get in on that uh, $300 gift certificate from Agard Watches. We're going to give that away on Monday. So your chance is running out. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to make your entries while you still can. If not, uh, joining us in the next hour, well, I guess we'll see you back here on Monday morning. Praise be to God. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. It's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March from the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. We all know children have a natural innocence. 
and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family... Here at KSHJ, 1430 AM, Houston, Texas, we don't mess with the truth. We hear it, live it, and love it. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you, praise be to God. It is Friday, May the 6th, 2018. And 22. The weekend has arrived. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Praise be to God. And uh, we're going to really enjoy it. But we just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with Andy Wojtkowski, whose dad was at Auschwitz uh, with the incredible, amazing Saint Maximilian Kolbe, which is one of my favorite saints. Praise be to Jesus. He's definitely on my, my list, you know, of uh, saint intercessors that I beg for intercession all the time. He's up there, St. Padre Pio, St. Maximilian Kobe, and others. And uh, what a wonderful story because his dad was there on the very day that St. Maximilian Kobe was uh, volunteering his life to save a Polish Jew. And, uh, and you, harrowing story. So if you didn't tune in last hour to hear that, can I encourage you? Check out the podcast. You're going to want to listen to that story. It's very inspiring. So you can find the podcast on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or you can subscribe to our Catholic Drive Time podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify. If you do it on iTunes, do me the favor of leaving a five-star review. It really does help us out. It's a big thing you can do to help us find a new audience because five-star reviews tells the algorithm at iTunes to share us with more people, and that's exactly what will happen. So leave the review on iTunes. It means a lot to us. Or if you want, super convenient, super awesome, go and download the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app on your iOS or your Android device at your app store, and you can not only listen to the live audio stream of your local Guadalupe Radio Network radio station, find programming information, find contact information of your local GM and more, but you can also listen to our podcast there, as well as other podcasts on the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app. So lots of options. Check it out today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And man, that really was a cool story. And I think about uh, Maximilian, St. Maximilian Kolbe's uh, experience of receiving those two crowns, you know, the crown of martyrdom and, yeah. and the, uh, the, the other white crown of, uh, of suffering. He's just a wonderful saint to look at to to emulate in times of difficulty when we're suffering through our life yes right? for sure so cool speaking of suffering adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you, adrian <laughs> howdy howdy praise be to god it's good to be here even though you're suffering the fact that i don't have good coffee even though that i'm suffering the fact that uh oh boy, I, you know i went to uh auschwitz years ago a couple yeah. years ago and it was a a truly like uh, heart crushing uh place to be but it was kind of amazing to see the the 
the cell where Maximilian mm. Colby was in. It was a, quite amazing, and I think it's sad that we only remember Max Colby for his uh, time in, in Auschwitz and not like the billion other things that he did during his life. I'm like, <laughs> this guy so is like a, is a rock star, like, quite yes. literally, and like, like traveling the world, planes, newspapers, everything, going yes. to Japan, every, everything. Yes, <laughs> um, he's a lot. Yeah, sure. he did everything. It's, it's yeah. quite amazing. So praise be to God for Max Colby. I know. Let's uh, ask for his intercession today on a first Friday, first Saturday. Perfect right. days oh. to be going to Mass, receive communion, get mm. those graces. Yes. After the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen to that. In fact, you know, of all of the uh, the terrible stories that we cover here on this show, the difficult, <laughs> gut-wrenching, heart-stopping, horribly oppressive stories that we bring to you so that you don't have to read them, we do it for you, uh, the answer to all of it is is happening, you know, this weekend. You know, first Saturday, Holy Mass, Mass, uh, go, or the, the acts of reparation, going to confession, going, receiving the Holy Communion, making the devotion, doing the, uh, praying the rosary, doing the meditation. Those things Our Lady asked us in 1917 to do for the conversion of the world. So this is, in fact, the solution, right? So you have it at your disposal to do something about the insanity in the world around you, and hopefully you'll make use of the graces and the sacraments and the sacramentals this weekend, praise be to God. But uh, today on the show, in this very half hour, we're going to have a good time. We have good news coming your way, praise be to God. We also have a saint of the day, gospel of the day, and we also have our game show, Fear and Trembling, with prizes that are going to be given away today. This very hour, someone's getting some prizes, praise be to God. So it could be you. If you would like your last three chances to get in on that, you have to make the phone call when I give you the number. And that's coming up at 15 past the hour. But do not forget about the $300 Agard Watch giveaway. That's going to happen on Monday. So you, to enter into the drawing for the $300 gift certificate from Agard Watches and our good friend Mike K from Virginia, a Guadalupe Radio Network supporter, then you do need to go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. Scroll down just a little bit. You'll see it right there. You can make multiple entries, and you may also win a $300 gift certificate to Agard Watches. Buy one for her, buy one for him. Sunday is Mother's Day. Just saying. All right, let's do this. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for the day. LifeSite reports, Irish couple vows to go to jail rather than pay fine for attending Mass during lockdown. A Catholic couple has said that they would rather go to jail than pay a fine for breaking COVID-19 restrictions by going to Mass. I know that might be surprising to you, but there are still places in the world that have COVID-19 restrictions. Catholic couple Jim Ryan and his wife Anne broke COVID-19 regulations on Palm Sunday, March 28th this year. Uh, 2021, actually, the year prior, by driving over five kilometers from their home. In April, the couple was charged for this alleged offense by Judge Raymond Finnegan at Caven District Court. The judge ruled that they must each pay a 300-pound uh, fine. I would go to jail before I pay for, for it. 
I would rather go to jail without a shadow of a doubt, Jim, a retired firefighter, said. I have no intention of paying them a fine for me going to Mass, for doing what I've done my whole life. Up until this point, the couple had led a law-abiding and quiet life in their stone cottage bordering a railway line in Donovan. We're just ordinary Joe Soaps, but with one difference. We honor God and we believe in God, and continued... The couple struggled to be able to attend in-person Mass because of the COVID-19 restrictions. On one occasion, we went to a church near here, and we actually got thrown out, said Jim. The priest was filming a Mass to be put on Facebook, and when he saw that we were there, he kicked us out. For the sake of keeping the peace, I left the church, but that was the state we were in, Jim continued. In March 2021, Father P.J. Hughes announced that he would celebrate Mass on the Feast of Palm Sunday at Our Lady of Lords in County Caven. This mass would be open to everyone. This decision was in contradiction to the level five restriction which closed places of worship. He said, I will close, I will exercise my constitutional right even though people are complaining, Father Hughes said while acknowledging that this was contrary to his bishop's directives. We were committing a grave mistake by rejecting our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. By staying away because government officials say we must, Father Hughes said in the lead up to Palm Sunday. This was Palm Sunday, the day Jesus rode into Nazareth on a donkey, knowing the terrible torture and death he was facing, and he kept going for our sins, he continued. Going to Mass that Sunday was extremely important to us, Jim explained. Anne had just gone through a life-saving medical procedure and wanted to say thank you to God. Despite being told not to continue at a checkpoint, the couple continued on their journey and participated in an absolutely beautiful Mass. When it was finished, Jim recalled the guards were waiting for us. Anne said, she chose to obey God's law above man's. I decided on that morning that I was going to honor one of the Ten Commandments, she said, which was to honor the Sabbath day. On the balance of things, God's law was more important to me than man's, Anne said, adding, man's law is fallible, God's is not. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Pope St. Pius V, born on January 17, 1504. During his papacy, Pius V was faced with the almost overwhelming responsibility of getting a shattered and scattered church back on its feet. The family of God had been shaken by corruption by the so-called Reformation, better known as the Revolution, by that the constant threat of Turkish invasion and by the bloody bickering of the young nation-states. In 1545, a previous pope convened the Council of Trent in an attempt to deal with all these pressing problems. Off and on for over 18 years, the fathers of the church discussed, condemned, and affirmed, and decided upon a course of action. And that council was closed in 1563. Pius V was elected in 1566 and charged with the task of implementing the sweeping reforms called for by the council. He ordered the founding of seminaries for the proper training of priests. He published a new missal in the famous Quo Primum, a new breviary, a new catechism known as the Catechism of the Council of Trent, and established the confraternity of Christian doctrine classes for the young. Pius zealously enforced legislation against abuses in the church, and he patiently served the sick and the poor by building hospitals, providing food for the hungry, and giving money customarily used for the papal banquets to the poor Roman converts. His decision to keep wearing his Dominican habit led to the custom to this day of the Pope wearing a white cassock. In striving to reform both the church and state, Pius encountered vehement opposition from England's Queen Elizabeth and the Roman Emperor Maximilian II. Problems in France and in the Netherlands also hindered the Pius's hopes for a Europe united against the Turks. 
only at the last minute was he able to organize a fleet which won a decisive victory in the Gulf of Lepanto off Greece on October 7, 1571. Pius's ceaseless papal conquest for a renewal of the church was grounded in his personal life as a Dominican friar, and he spent long hours with God in prayer, fasted rigorously, deprived himself of many customary papal luxuries, and faithfully observed the spirit of the Dominican rule that he had professed. He died on May 1st, 1572. Pope St. Pius V, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 52 through 59. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father. So also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The things he said while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, for those that deny the church's teaching on the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, here is somebody from the late 1st century, early 2nd century, St. Ignatius of Antioch said, quote, Take note of those who hold heterodox opinions on the grace of Jesus Christ, which has come to us, and see how contrary their opinions are to the mind of God. They abstain from the Eucharist and from prayer because they do not confess that the Eucharist is the flesh of our Savior Jesus Christ, flesh which suffered for our sins and which that Father in his goodness raised up again. They who deny the gift of God are perishing in their disputes. Close quote. St. Ignatius of Antioch, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, yeah, not a lot of time, so try to come in quickly. Uh, Cornelius Lapide says, And drink his blood from hence the Hussites, the Lutherans, and the Calvinists, and others contend that the Eucharistic chalice ought to be given to the laity also, that they may communicate in both kinds. But the practice and definition of the church is otherwise, and this is best interpreter of Holy Scripture. He says, I reply, therefore, that as regards the things contained in the sacrament, the laity do also drink drink the blood of Christ when they receive his body under the species of bread. Because under that species, by virtue of consecration, there is there the body of Christ, but by commensurate there is under the same the blood of Christ. For the body of Christ is not bloodless, nor can the blood of Christ be separated from his glorified body. As therefore he who takes the Eucharist under the species of wine by virtue of the words of consecration takes directly and primarily the blood of Christ, and yet by co-commensurate under the species of bread takes directly the flesh of Christ. But in spiritual and sacramental and divine things, food and drink are the same. 
Consequently, to eat and to drink means the same thing. Wherefore, he who receives in one kind only receives as much profit and grace as he who takes in both kinds. So he's saying, you don't get anything extra from receiving under both. Uh, it is, and finally, it is at once eaten and drunk. It satisfies at once hunger and thirst. Still, as regards the sacramental species, he is properly said to eat the flesh of Christ, who eats it under the same species of bread, and he is said to drink his blood, who drinks it under the species of wine. All right, praise be to God. It is time to play our game Fear and Trembling and give out prizes today. And it's happening right now. Your last three chances to win are now. Please pick up a phone and dial 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. Call now. Your last three chances to win this week's prize is upon you. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and trembling and prizes are coming up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show with secrets and agendas. So you're not allowed to tell anybody what I'm about to tell you, right? That's the deal, and you got to picky swear on it, all right? So number one, we like to uh, teach the faith. 
So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something about your Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. We also like to have a laugh and a good time. And our callers tend to be amazing. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that best. But, of course, we give out prizes, too, which makes this a winner for everyone involved. But if you're new here, let me explain some things. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but we don't ask the caller the questions, so they don't even need to know the correct answers. They could win without knowing a single one. Uh, and the reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and Adrian, and one of which will give me a correct answer, the other will give me an incorrect answer, but every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Ah, Mike has to be on. Praise be to God. Our sponsor this Radio. week is Catholic Gentlemen. You know, a lot of people ask us, Joe, what is that scent? Mm. You know, Rudy, what what is that? I smell my something. My it could sanctity? be holiness. Could be I don't know. Maybe we're radiating something, <laughs> or it could be a masculine blend of pine, cedar, Whoa. oak moss, and tobacco with a touch of incense. Oh yeah, because. What you could win this week mm -hmm. in just a few minutes yeah. is a tin of Catholic Gentleman's Beard Balm. Hey, now. It's really good. It's going to make your beard smell amazing. It's going to make don't, it look great. What if you don't have a beard? Now, if you don't have a beard, you can actually use this for your wooden furniture or oh, to replenish okay. hey your now. leather goods. Hey. But if you're a Catholic man who wants to grow in his faith and become a better man, you're going to be in the right place mm -hmm. at CatholicGentleman.com. Praise You'll find posts about manly saints, dressing sharp, marriage, spiritual weapons, and yeah. a lot more. And yeah. you're going to find everything an authentic gentleman needs to know. So, so peruse their store. Yeah. Check out their wares. They wow. have uh, nice leather journals, beard balm, Is rosaries. Grow in faith, grow in beard. <laughs> hey, let's keep in mind that Mother's Day is on Sunday. Could be a great Mother's Day present. It's um, good, yeah. Maybe if, if you're a guy <laughs> and you stink. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a gift to the wife. <laughs> All right. Thank you, CatholicGentleman.com, for your generous gift for our prize this week. Let's go to the phones. Alidia, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Praise be to God, Alidia. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. The greatest, greatest city San Antonio, in all of America. And it's not because I grew up there, okay? They have other reasons for being great, just so you know. Uh, where, where, do you go to, where do you go to church there, Alidia? Yes, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe in Helotus. Hey, now. Praise be to God, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. And uh, are you on your way to work or dropping somebody off at school? What's your agenda today? Yes, well, actually, um, I'm a news listener. Um, started listening to, to this station um, during Lent, and I just love, absolutely love it. Um, I, my daughter and I, I take her to school, and she has testing today this morning, so she's here with me. Whoa! And then um, I go to work. I'm a teacher. Well, congratulations uh, on a great school year coming to a close. We're going to be praying for your test to go well today and for class to go really well. Uh, are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how this game works? I do. Good. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> then you know I'm on your side. It's me and you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let's Cannot see if we, if we can get through this. You and I, we will start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition here. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Are you ready? I'm ready. Even without a green tie? Well, I'm wearing a maroon tie today. Giga Maggies. <laughs> Giga Maggies. Who are the Aggies? Uh, don't worry about it. We'll talk about oh, it later. Okay. Are, you, are you sure, sir? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. Here we go. Easy question right out of the gate. All right. What is the third commandment of God? Well, uh, my third commandment is that the outdoors is, is that, my church. That voice again. 
No, this ain't the preacher's voice. This is a good old-fashioned country boy's voice. I like to go out there in the woods. California. Church is my... Uh-huh. My forest out there. That's that's the commandment. My my commandment is the the church is wherever you go. You know wherever it is. That's personal relationship that's your, with Christ. That's, that's my that's my commandment. That's right the there. commandment. You're saying the third one. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I don't know, lady. You ought to hear my fourth one. Possibly we should get a second opinion on this one, and we will skip the fourth for now. All right, Adrian. Good morning to you. Good morning. Ah, I'm glad you got my name right. Be the voice of reason today, Adrian. Uh, it's rare. Can, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me what is the third commandment of God? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd like me to tell yes, you? Please. Oh, okay. yes, yes, please. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm mistaken. One mistake. of those days. Okay. Yes, that would be. Remember, thou keep holy the Lord's day. Or the Sabbath, you know, whatever. Okay. Mm. Uh, is it? Does it include outdoors and nature? I am um, not particularly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Alidia, you've got choices here. Adrian says the third commandment is remember thou keep holy the Lord's day, whereas Rudy seems to think the third commandment is uh, go outside uh, and enjoy a personal relationship. Uh, is who's right? What? Who is wrong? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but Alidia, what say you? Um, we say with Adrian. We're on Adrian's side. Woo! Very cautious. I, 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 I picked up on your cautiousness with having to admit Adrian is correct. Cautiousness? Wow. They sounded overjoyed. I know. I, uh, very skillful, Clearly I would say. Clearly very beautiful women over there. <laughs> very skillful in your response, lady. Clearly brilliant women. <laughs> you are in. You could win. It's possible. You could get your hell, yourself some uh, beard bomb. I don't know if there's a guy in your life who needs it, but it's possible. <laughs> but uh, either way, let's yes. see if we can't double your chances now with this a history question. My favorites are always history questions. We're going to go to Adrian. All right. Uh, national, world-renowned scholar of Catholic history. Yes, Adrian I identify Fonseca. as a historian currently. Adrian, can you tell me what famous 16th century mm. Catholic Italian admiral mm-hmm. was statesman mm. and statesman was known as the liberator of Genoa? Yes. I know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. That would be my favorite, oh. the great and wonderful yeah? Saint yeah? Christopher Columbus. Really? Yes. Uh, admiral of the sea. Admiral of the sea. Okay. Uh-huh. He saw uh, the ocean blue. I see. Mm-hmm. 1492, I heard. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me what famous 16th century Catholic Italian admiral and statesman was known as the liberator of Genoa? Well, uh, he was also a sailor. Okay. He sailed the ocean blue. That helps. Andrea Doria. Andrea Doria. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well... Alidia, you're a teacher. Hopefully, you're also a historian. Uh, you've got choices here. Is it as Rudy says, Andrea Doria? Or is it as Adrian says, Christopher Columbus? 15 seconds, what say you? Um, I'm actually a Spanish teacher. Ooh. <laughs> but I'm going to go in. I'm going to go with um, Rick. Rudy, sorry. Survey says. <laughs> she just rickrolled you. Rick, How cool is that? Could you teach me Spanish? <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. But we have to hurry now because we're running out of time. But you are correct. It is Andrea Doria. Uh, Columbus was 15th century. Not the same time. All right. Here we go. Third question. Back to Rudy. Rudy, on what three days of the week were the glorious mysteries of the rosary traditionally said? Ah, yeah, that's an easy one, you know. Is it? Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Wednesday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Glory. Amen. <laughs> There's that <laughs> voice again. Hey, uh, Rude. Ru- and no. Adrian. <laughs> it's that cowboy song. coffee. Adrian. It's okay. See, you forget Adrian. my name. It's Adrian. <laughs> you know who you are. Why do you make me say your name? That's what I say to my kids all the time. Adrian, can you tell me on what three days of the week are the glorious mysteries of the rosary traditionally said? Traditionally. That word makes me skeptical. So I'm going to say Wednesdays, Thursdays, and then Sundays. Mm. Because, you know, Thursdays, they now do the luminous. Mm. That makes sense. Okay. Tricky question, Alidia. Is it traditionally? So that's the key word. Traditionally said. The glorious mysteries. Were they... Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, as Adrian says, or Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, as Rudy says. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alidia, what say you? Um, I'm going to go with Rudy. Survey says, yeah. Perfect score. Alidia, you made that look easy. We are running out of time. We have to pull a name very quickly. It might okay. be yours. It might not. I don't know. God told me we'll be done. here really quickly. Out of the We're running out of cup. time. And I'm drawing it. Carol! Carol! Congratulations, Carol. Alidia, I'm so sorry. It wasn't God's holy will, but you were a lot of fun, and you did great today. God bless you. you. Enjoy your day. Uh, We'll be praying for your daughter uh, for her test to go well. And congratulations on a great school year, and enjoy your time off. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Praise be to God. Thank you all for joining us having a laugh and a good time. Be sure to get in on the watch giveaway. It's going to happen on Monday. Your last chance is this weekend. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Friday of the third week of Easter. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Longing for light, we wait in darkness. Longing for truth, we turn to you. Make us your own, your holy people. Light for the world to see. Christ be our light, shine in our hearts, shine through the darkness. Christ be our light, shine in your church.
gather today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we who have come to know the grace of the Lord's resurrection may through the love of the Spirit ourselves rise to newness of life through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice but could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was unable to see. He neither ate nor drank. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is there praying. And in a vision, 
he has seen a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, that he may regain his sight. But Ananias replied, Lord, I have heard from many sources about this man, what evil things he has done to your holy ones in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to imprison all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel, and I will show him what he will have to suffer for my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me. Jesus, who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, and when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. He stayed some days with the disciples in Damascus and began at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Glorify him, all you peoples. Go out out to all the world and tell the good news. For steadfast is his kindness toward us, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. 
these things he said while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Among the many outstanding contributions that we have through the Pauline writings is St. Paul's notion that the church is the body of Christ, with Jesus as the head and we, the members, as the parts of the body. In today's Gospel, we can see the moment of inspiration when St. Paul would have received this marvelous insight that he had, which namely most likely came that when Jesus manifested himself to Paul on the road to Damascus or to Saul, as he was still called at the time, he says to Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? You can imagine that St. Paul or Saul at the time probably could have been thinking to himself, well, I remember persecuting this Christian. I remember being there when we put Stephen to death. I remember harming this person. But he would never have had the experience of directly harming Jesus himself. And Jesus tells him, why do you persecute me? And with that identification of Jesus with the Christians, with the church, Jesus really is pointing out that he so closely identifies himself with us that we are members of his body. Today's gospel highlights for us again this connection that we are called to have with the Lord in terms of this total identification with Jesus and therefore also an identification or a participation in the communion between the Son and the Father. Today's gospel we hear Jesus tell us, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him and will have eternal life. It's always striking that the actual uh, Greek word used for eat is the word trogain, which means literally to gnaw or to, to chomp. That Jesus was expressly describing that he, his body will become for us a true food for us to eat under the sacramental accidents of bread and wine, but the substance, which very much, of course, is the true body, blood, soul, and divinity, soul, and divinity. And again, the image and the whole notion with the Eucharist is that in receiving Jesus, we receive the transforming power to become more and more like him. In other words, Jesus has identified himself totally with us, and in that identification, he gives us the possibility to be totally identified to him. This, of course, we know is a great challenge because we are mere finite human beings with our own sinfulness and imperfections, and Jesus is true God and true man. But in the Eucharist, in receiving his body, blood, soul, and divinity, we also then receive the possibility of the transforming grace to become more and more like Jesus and to be identified totally with him. It's striking that when uh, St. Paul goes in and is baptized by Ananias, Ananias, that after his baptism, his sight is restored. A baptism is often called the sacrament of illumination because it is able to give us the sight or the vision to know what our life is all about. And really, we can see then in that same notion that St. Paul sees whatever he knew before he met Jesus was as nothing or was as death. And in his baptism, St. Paul is reborn into a new reality. He's now reborn into Jesus Christ, 
with the possibility to live the life of the Lord, to suffer with the Lord, to die with the Lord, and eventually, of course, to rise with the Lord and share in his resurrection. Once again, the Eucharist then becomes for us the possibility and the power and the nourishment that is going to enable us to live this life of Jesus, which we have been baptized into. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us give thanks to God for the great gift of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, for the great gift of the Eucharist, that in truly receiving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have the possibility to be identified completely and totally with him. And let us ask that in that identification, that we too would manifest by our thoughts, words, and deeds, that we truly are one with the Lord and belong completely to him. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, filled with paschal joy, let us pray more earnestly to God that he who graciously listened to the prayers and supplications of his beloved Son may now be pleased to look upon us in our lowliness. For the shepherds of our souls, that they may have the strength to govern wisely the flock entrusted to them by the Good Shepherd, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the whole world, that it may truly know the peace given by Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters who suffer, that their sorrow may be turned to gladness, which no one can take from them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our own community, for those joining us online and through radio, that we may bear witness with great confidence to the resurrection of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you, and receive the prayers of those who believe in you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. The hour I first believed. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Graciously sanctify these gifts, O Lord, we pray, and accepting the oblation of this spiritual sacrifice, make of us an eternal offering to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time, above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. He never ceases to offer himself for us, but defends us and ever pleads our cause before you. He is the sacrificial victim who dies no more, the Lamb once slain who, who lives forever. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic host sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Song to whose, song to whose, song to Stominus Deus Sabaot, Pleni sunt celia terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. 
Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaris moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis evita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, Debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatam hundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccatam hundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord, I am, I am not worthy that you, you should, should enter, enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my, and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, 
I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat. Come, give to us, O saving Lord, the bread of life to eat. Is not the cup we bless and share? The blood of Christ outpoured. Do not one cup, one loaf declare our oneness in the Lord. You satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat. Come, give to us, O saving Lord, the bread of life to eat. Let us pray. We have partaken of the gifts of this sacred mystery, humbly imploring, O Lord, that what your Son commanded us to do in memory of him may bring us growth in charity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Es beis nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filii heve. A te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo, Advocata nostra, illos tu. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance 
Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is Dr. Ken Buckle from Grazia Plana Counseling. You're listening to 1430 AM KSHJ Houston. Radio for your soul. <laughs> 